Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, Angela Yee. Peace to the planet. It's Friday. I want to drop one of Clues bombs first and foremost for all my Haitian masters, goddammit. Okay? All the Africans, everybody from El Salvador. Right. But I do want to focus on the Haitians in this situation with Mr. Donald Trump, because if I know Haitians like I know Haitians, Donald Trump will be coughing up a frog by Monday at the latest. Donald Trump doesn't seem like he has any intention of apologizing. He doesn't think he said anything wrong. People in the White House don't even feel like there's an issue. They're still trying to somehow support some certain people. Well, listen, you don't have to apologize because when that white powder blows into your face, Mr. Trump. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay? And the, and, and, and the truth oh, becomes your mouth, meaning that when you start defecating out of your mouth, when you get this feeling when you feel like you can't eat, and then you get sick all of a sudden, and you start sweating, and then you throw up, and actual feces comes out your mouth, then you will understand. Sounds like you've been through Patience. it. Patience. Have you been through it before? <laughs> hey! Has somebody put a root on you? Yes, before. Trump <laughs> I want to include bombs for the Haitians, Dan. Goodness We're gracious. not having this this morning. No, Sounds no, like no, no. Even if Donald well. Trump apologizes, it matter because no. that's it what he matter. really believes. No. He never racist. apologizes for anything no. anyway. No. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Absolutely. All right? Donald Trump is a cracker-ass, cracker-white devil. And anybody who still supports Trump at this point, even if you voted for him, if you can't admit that you made a mistake, if you can't admit that he's the worst president of all time, if you can't admit that he's bad for the country, then you a cracker-ass, cracker-white devil, too. Okay? Yeah. All right. And this Charlemagne the God, all right? I want y'all to complain about the right people, okay? And I know I, I've said <laughs> before, I, I can't help but feel like people that support Donald Trump are racist also. I know people got on me about that, but I do feel like if you support what he believes and his ideals and him, then that makes you racist and, and, you're supporting and, racist ideologies. And at the least, if you if you don't want to be called racist, you're an accomplice to racism. Yeah, I you're agree. an accomplice to bigotry. And, see, and, right? and, and, and those people that voted for him that thought, well, he's not a politician, you'll do right. Now you have to see, well, damn, I made the wrong decision. And that's cool. Listen, by the way, you if have you, to say, it's I okay made to the say wrong you're wrong. Exactly. If you voted for him based off that premise, and, and that's fine. But now, at this point, at this stage in the game, you got to admit, he's bad for business. Absolutely. All right? He's bad for business. Yes, Simple and plain. All right. Well, today on the show, g Easy will be here. Okay. And also, Lena Waithe will be here. Nice balanced show on this Friday morning. I love it. If you don't know who Lena Waithe is, uh, she's the first black woman to win an Emmy for comedy writing. And g Easy is... And that was from Master of None, the Thanksgiving episode. Yes, from Master of None, the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. episode. And uh, g Easy's a rapper. You know what? I, I was uh, I was actually on time, but I said, you know what? I'm going to deposit money in the bank <laughs> and walked over. And then it took my card. And I was like, I'm not leaving until I get my card back. And it took seven minutes before I got my card back. But I was like, I am not going anywhere until I get my bank the card ATM back. The ATM held you for seven minutes? Seven minutes held me up. 
What? The money got stuck, and I was like, it wouldn't give me my card back. I was like, I'm not leaving this. I have I, an I, issue with putting money in the ATM. That usually works out fine, but I'm like, somebody will come in behind me, take my card, and mm-hmm. nah. Nope. ATM hold you up for seven minutes, then somebody else come in there and hold you up for another three. And take, and take what you got. You might yeah. got time for that. Damn right. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what we talking I about? I mean, maybe some people don't know what it is that Donald Trump said yesterday, but we will make sure we get all into that this morning. All right. I just You can put it while this is playing. Charlemagne hit our boss and say, hey, boss, our president said it whole. Can I say that on air? Damn right. <laughs> Watching CNN last night, they was letting that word fly, baby. I couldn't wait to come in and say asshole. She said, hell no. You better not. <laughs> she was like, they cable. I'm cable too, man. Here's Post Malone Rockstars, The Breakfast Slow. Good morning. Everybody is DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast hey, Club. Hey, what's happening on this beautiful Friday? Let's get in some front page news. All right, now let's start off with uh, NFL football. If you still watch the football, if you still watch and care about the playoffs, Eagles take on the Falcons, Patriots take on the Titans, Jaguars take on the Steelers, and Saints take on the Vikings. Now let's talk about Donald Trump. Uh, all right. Well, Donald Trump, he was having a meeting, a closed-door meeting, and they were talking about immigration reform. And in particular, what they were doing was talking about a plan that involved cutting the visa lottery in half and also making sure that the rest would go to underrepresented countries in Africa and temporary protective status nations, which include Haiti. Now, one person uh, in the meeting said that the language is salty on both sides. And when they started talking about Haiti, that's when Donald Trump said, why do we want people from Haiti and more Africans in the U.S.? And he also said the U.S. should get more people from countries like Norway. He said, why do we want people from these ish-hole countries coming to the United States? Meanwhile, the only s-hole I see on this planet is Donald Trump's mouth. And guess what? If I know Haitians like I know Haitians, Mm. by Monday, he really will be defecating from his mouth. Okay? Woo-hoo! All right. Now, staffers at the White White House still predict that this comment does resonate with Trump's base and that some people are going to be very supportive. People that vote for him still believe in him. But other lawmakers have condemned what Donald Trump had to say. Several lawmakers from both sides, both Republicans and Democrats, have strongly rebuked these comments. And uh, Mia Love, whose parents came to the United States from Haiti, said this behavior is unacceptable from the leader of our nation. She's a Utah Republican, and she demanded an apology from the president. She said, my parents came from one of those countries, but proudly took an oath of allegiance to the United States and took on the responsibilities of everything that being a citizen comes with. They worked hard, paid taxes, and arose from nothing to take care of and provide opportunities for their children. um, I'd like to say F Trump's base. Uh, This has nothing to do with conservative and liberal. This has nothing to do with Democrat and Republican. This has to do with right and wrong, good and evil, God and Satan. This, my friends, is wrong. Haiti's government said that they uh, condemn what Donald Trump's comments were, and they also said they want to have a meeting with a U.S. official about the incident. Now, the country's Who ambassador, uh, Haiti. Oh, they just want to get close to him to get that white powder on. That's all. That's all, <laughs> this That's all this is. I know what this is. Now, Haiti's ambassador is. to the United States said that Donald Trump was either misinformed or he is miseducated. And he said, uh, Haitians fought alongside U.S. soldiers in the Revolutionary War, and we continue to be great contributors to American society. 
The former prime minister of Haiti also said, shame on Trump. The world is witnessing a new low today with this Ish Nation's remark. Yo, yo, Donald Trump, Haitians come into the country every day, B. Get you some soup, Jumu, some ginger tea. You'll be all right. You tough, right? See, the thing is, is, you is tough, right? he's a racist. He says this, these remarks. But what happens next? We just have a racist president, and then we just got to deal with a racist oh, president? Oh, we got a crack in, Chief. We've been dealing with we it. Definitely, we definitely got it's a crack in, Chief. worse and worse and worse, and it's just, and, just and, take it. And once again, when people always say, why are you always calling certain white people crackers? When you racist, bigoted, white people will be called cracker-ass crackers. Now, interestingly devils. enough, while this was breaking, Donald Trump was taping a message for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Oh, boy. Oh, you want a quote from Martin Luther King Jr.? I got a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. The ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. This is how I feel about all you so-called good white people who can hear Donald Trump speak this racist rhetoric and not speak out about it. The ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. Now, he doesn't have any issues with immigration unless it's people of color because he wants more people from Norway to come here. That's what he said. Why can't we have more people from places like Norway? He had some poom poom. Norway. Come to the United States. That's all that is. As a man who smashed a chick from Norway, I can understand why he would want more women from Norway here, but that has nothing to do with nothing. Wow. Mm. All, right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's front page news. All right. Let's open up the phone lines. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, a good life. you need to vent, hit us up right now. Or <laughs> or if you want to uh, tell them why you're blessed, phone lines are wide open as well. 800-585-1051. Hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Juju. Hey, Mama, get it off your chest. You say your name's Super Jumu. Um, I was, I was calling in because I'm blessed this morning. I started my own hair extension business, so I'm super excited about that, and I'm ready to make these plans. Congratulations. Where you getting your hair from? Where you Where you getting your hair from? Um, well, I have, well, I have like um units, so everyone can go to Lavish Queens Beauty on IG, um, and Lavish Queens Hair and Cosmetics on Facebook. Uh, we have railway plans available. We're just trying to make every woman feel like a queen at an affordable price, you know? That's okay. dope, man. One of my home, one of my homegirls is starting a weave distribution company, and she is taking it serious. Salute to Ashley. She's going to China. She's going to India. She, she better is, take it serious. She is on a search for the world's best weave. That's a big guy. business right there. There you go. Right there. <laughs> there you go. She is tired. You can buy it so much cheaper there and come here and sell yes. food. And she is tired of other people. 200 times the price. Yeah, she's tired of other people making money off uh, off, off weave when, when black women wear it the most. Hello, who's this? What's up, pal? My name is Bobby. Hey, I got a question. I'm listening to your show. Trump is out of order, absolutely. Well, can we call white people crackers on the radio? I'm a white guy. And I, I hey, yo, my G. Guy. Hey, yo, I don't want to hear that. After after Donald Trump called Haitians and Africans and El Salvadorians, he called those places assholes yesterday. Don't call up here complaining about me saying cracker because you're showing where your priorities lie. Knock it off. Knock it off. Oh, can I call you a coon? If you want to. All right, I don't, right. I don't really like hearing his name calling going Jeez. back and forth. So if let's you, just move if, on. If, 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 he's, if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. If the shoe fits, call call me that. Because guess what? The, the cracker shoe fits Donald Trump. Um, yes, you're cracking, Chief. You voted for him. You probably still support him. Suck my d- well, you can't say the D word. What? I don't want to Listen, we got to stop playing with these people. Stop playing with okay. these racists. Stop playing right. with these bigots. Right. Stop playing with these Trump supporters. I, I, I don't want to hear that. I agree. I don't want to hear it no more. Okay. I, I, it's I, a wrap. It's over. You can't say D, though. 
It's over. You can say, it's over. You can say penis. You Every say, Haitian in America is throwing white powder their way. Y'all want that energy? You can say crotch. Do y'all want that energy? You can't say D. Whatever. I don't hear that. Like, I'm tired of playing with these people, man. Why are we so nice to these people? You ain't got to be nice, but you can't say that. You well, can't say the D well, word. Whatever. There's kids that listen. Well, total people disrespect. People should be allowed to call and express how they feel about something still. Nah. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent. Hit us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Elias Labrador from Homestead, Florida. Hey, Eli, get it off your chest, bro. Okay, bro, I am mad as, like, a wet cat, bro. A wet like, cat. It's bad. A wet cat? Wet yeah, cats wet get cat. mad? Yeah, I man, cat, yeah, well, cats don't like to get wet. You know, you... you Spraying with water and they're like, yeah, Yo, why you do that? Like well, I like when my wife's cat is wet, by the way. <laughs> Yo, so, so, okay, so I'm a plumber, right? By oh, trade. Okay. Yeah. And I Are you a, a licensed plumber? I'm a licensed plumber, yes. You lay pipe. I lay the pipe. I lay the black pipe, actually, right now, the, the, the cast iron. It's kind of ironic because what? we're talking, <laughs> you guys are talking about, Are you black you or white, sir? Donald Trump. I'm, I'm mixed. I'm black and my, my dad's Puerto Rican, my mom's black. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm I'm really mad because I don't really watch TV that often. So like a lot of the news that I get is pretty much when I go to work, you know, at four or five, three, five in the morning and I listen to your Breakfast Club Rewind and then I listen to a little bit of the Breakfast Club and then I got to get out and go to work. All right. But I hear I hear yesterday and a little bit today that, you know, Donald Trump is calling countries uh, ish whole countries. Yes, right. sir. And I got to I got to come home and I got to deal with my contentious family because, you know, this one white individual is affecting my life and everyone in my household's life. And it makes it really difficult for me to get up in the morning to go to work and work for like 17 white people that are like the epitome of Donald Trump followers. I understand totally what you mean, but you got to go in there today and you have to tell those people in the words of Martin Luther King Jr., since it is MLK weekend, the ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. So if you're co-signing Donald Trump still at this point, you're bad. And if you're silent about what Donald Trump is doing and you're a white person, you're bad as well. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to do that then. Yes, man. Have a good morning. Good luck. Don't get fired. You too. All right. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hello, this is Mark. Mark, where you calling from, Mark? Calling from Jersey. 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 Okay, Why you saying like Jersey He's all Haitian. fancy? He's Haitian. Jersey. Oh, I'm up. Let's go. I want the Haitian massive heavy on the phone today. What you got to say, I'm my a, brother? Listen, I'm a, I'm I'm, a, I'm talking out right now. Before I go to work, I gotta got get out my test so I can have a good day. Talk to me. Go ahead. I'm gonna send this to Donald Trump and all his supporters. If you don't stop coming from the Haitian or any country from the island, he will not leave his he will not finish his time. That's not that's not a threat. That's a requirement. Listen. Say, it, I, say it in Creole so, he, so, so they can understand you better, brother. Yes. <laughs> Oh, you can't, I, know, I know you can't say my mom. I know you can't say that. All I know is, if I know my Haitians like I know my Haitians, Donald Trump will be coughing up a frog by Tuesday. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You want to call places like Haiti assholes. You want to call Africa assholes. You want to call El Salvador assholes. I guarantee you, one of them Haitians is going to make sure you're defecating out your mouth. Your mouth is going to be the asshole. I'm telling you what's going to happen. You're going to get sick. You're going to start sweating. You're going to feel like you can't eat. You're going to feel a pain in your stomach. You're going to feel like you got a doo-doo, but you're going to have to throw up, and it's going to be defecation. 
information that comes out your mouth. Watch. You've been there before. I Watch. Can I can tell you've been there before. Watch. God damn it. You Salute to Haiti. You know too clearly. I know you've been there before. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. You got rumors on the way? Yes. Little Wayne is refuting reports that he has a 15-year-old son. We'll give you the details on what he has to say. Also, imagine you got your best friend fired from their job. We'll tell you what rapper this happened to, and he thinks it's unfair. That's crazy. Lil Wayne don't want to claim Lil Twist no more. How old Twist it. Stop it. All right. We'll get it to... <laughs> Twist is over to 15. Oh. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club on this Friday. Drop one of the clues bombs for all my Haitians, damn it. Where them dolls at? Where them dolls at? Where them dolls at? Where them dolls at? You all right over there, Yee? Yeah, I'm good. You sure? I'm a little sick, that's all. Oh, you won't be the only one. Our celebrity in chief, <laughs> Mr. Dope 45. If I know my Haitians like I know my Haitians, he'll be sick real soon, too. I'm getting better, though. All right, well, let's get to the rooms. Let's talk Lil Wayne. Listen up. It's just in. All the guys. The Rumor Report with Angela Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Little Wayne wants to have a legal showdown, and that's all because a woman is saying that he is the father of her 15-year-old son. Now he wants a paternity test, and he said, uh, I did not engage in a sexual relationship with Kiyoshia Watson in June of 2001 or at any other time. He said, in June of 2001, I was residing in New Orleans, but my professional commitments required me to travel a great deal throughout the United States. I do not believe it is possible that I am the biological father of Dwayne Brown. I have never acknowledged Dwayne Brown as my son, nor was I ever made aware of this birth until I was served with the petition filed in August. And why did a young lady wait so long? That's a whole old man now, 15 years old. And he's named after him. I don't mean nothing. Wow. No, I'm just saying, so yeah. that's even crazier. Well, he doesn't have to, if, if, he, if he is the father, he doesn't have to pay for the previous 15 years. Yes, correct. he does. He yeah, does? Yes, what are you yes, talking you do. about? Absolutely. He's going to owe that little boy like Birdman owe him. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, he will. All right. Rick Ross, how would you get his attention if you were an aspiring rapper? Well, I'll tell you what one person did. Cedric Miller, 23 years old, is a suspect who actually tried to rob a wing stop in order to get Rick Ross's attention. No, he didn't. <laughs> Why are you saying things like this on the radio this morning? Oh, Angela? my goodness. For what? For entertainment purposes, what, 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 what is this fake story you're telling us right now? I'm just telling you, he was a suspect in an attempted robbery at the Wingstop mm -mm -mm. in Memphis. And according to reports, he just Lord wanted to make sure that Rick Ross would listen to his music at some point. You really think Rick Ross going to listen to your music after you tried to rob one of his establishments? So what, what, what logic is that? I'm going to do something good for you after you did something bad to me. What's up with y'all, man? He's probably thinking like, yo, he's going to think I kept it real. <laughs> no. He went through no. a lot to try to get no. my attention, okay. man. I'm going to sign this guy. No. Okay. No. <laughs> All right, Paul Wall, one of his closest friends, just got fired from United Airlines after 16 years. Now, if you don't know what happened, Paul Wall was flying for free using one of those family passes, a buddy pass. And he said, wow, this is unbelievable. A close family friend was fired by United Airlines after 16 years with no infractions for allowing me to fly on his pass to do charity work out of town. More details coming. Please retweet. Now, according to Paul Wall, he flew on this pass plenty of times, but he said the airline started digging into his flight history after he went in on them on Twitter. So I guess Paul Wall had some issues with United on Twitter. Well, I had to do it. 
<laughs> okay. Do you want to rock the boat? Okay. Yeah. You know, when you fly on those passes, you have to, like, you cannot do any. You no, you're supposed to dress yeah. back in the day. You had to wear a suit. Yeah. Suit. Suit. yeah. Uh, Paul, you kind of caused that on yourself. Yeah, that'll do it. Come on now. Now, yeah. United Airlines said, we restrict this benefit to leisure travel. Mr. Wall used these travel benefits for business purposes, which our policy does not permit. Now, Paul Wall said that his friend is a, a combat disabled veteran. And he was actually very close to retirement after working with United for 16 years. Hey, Paul, I can't believe that you was getting something for free and had the nerve to complain. Paul, what is your problem, Paul? You was getting it for free and had the nerve to complain? What's wrong with you, bro? Come on, Paul Wall, you know better than that. Right, so for everybody out there mm-hmm. flying mm-hmm. on your friend's past, just remember, these things do happen. They don't play around. Did you offer to do anybody at United's Grill for free, Paul? Maybe that can smooth this over a little bit. It's too late now. Too but late? that sucks. Imagine getting your friend fired. Because you can retire after 20 years, so you have four more years to go. What what Angelique said is absolutely accurate. Paul Wall got his friend fired. Don't get on Twitter and act like you don't know why United fired, fired him. That's a fired terrible him feeling, of like it's my fault. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. I wish I would complain about something for free. It was free. It's free. It's free. All right, well, (laughs) thank you for those rumors. When we come back, G-Eazy will be in the building. We'll kick it with G-Eazy, so don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, G Easy. G Easy. What's up, up? sir? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. It's your first time up here, right? Yeah, first time. First time. Okay. Last. You said the first and last. No, no, no. I said at last. Oh, okay. oh yeah. I was like, damn, what did we do? Yeah, first and last. He got stuck in the elevator. Yeah. He got stuck in the elevator. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a wrap, man. No, no, I thought no, no. I was dumped. Like, this is not how I go. But only three of us got stuck ways, in the elevator. Man. It was Tyrese. Mm-hmm. In the game. Good. You're in bad yeah. company already. They go yeah. game, game good. Okay. Yeah. But I'm going to do a lot of movies. That's all. <laughs> but the beautiful and damned, uh, let me tell you something. I'm not a Gemini. I'm a cancer, right? But I can relate to that record a lot. All right, you say, have you ever seen a devil with a halo? Uh, yeah. Everybody got their own demons. Everybody fighting their own war. What are you struggling with that in, that inspired that? Trying to maintain, just trying to stay me. You know what I'm saying? This life is a roller coaster. So You, you think people aren't sympathetic because they look at it and they're like, oh, geez, he's doing great. He has a number one I mean, song. there's always that, Strange, yeah. But, but then, personally, you go through a lot that people don't know about. I think everything is relative. You know what I'm saying? Everybody goes through what they go through. And uh, all I could tell is my story. You know, I'm not I'm trying to look for sympathy through it or mm-hmm. like that. Throughout the album, it seems like you you battling with, with drugs and alcohol heavy. Yeah. Are you really? Uh, I dabble. You dabble? I, I dabble, yeah. Don't let LA do suck you alive, man. But that's the thing. That's what a lot of it is about. You know what I'm saying? About Hollywood. About Hollywood moving there, yeah. But you've gotten better, you said also. Uh, day to day. Day to day. Yeah. Trying to control oh, I'm it. I'm doing all right, is- yeah. When were you really out of control? <laughs> and what's you got liquor? What's this you got in front of you here? That, that's liquor. Yeah, that's liquor in my coffee. No, I mean, it was that. It is my stuff, actually. Liquor. Yeah, that is my <laughs> gasoline. Uh, I invested in a whiskey company. It's called Stillhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to grow up and be like Puff. Um, we actually has some here at the Peach one. Yeah. Is that smart, though, if you're dealing with something? <laughs> 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 nah, man, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I figure if I'm going to drink it, I might as well, you know what I'm saying? Own try it. to Yeah, own it and build something for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you are you big on astrology? Because you, you mentioned being a, a Gemini. Like. I don't really know, like, nah, not too much about it. I just know that I'm a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm definitely very, very that. What's I mean, what's the characteristic of cancer? Uh, sensitive, emotional, uh, hard exterior, softer yeah. interior. Let's see, that's the duality. You probably just know about being a Gemini, though. Because there are yeah. just, I think Geminis out of all the signs probably are the most, like, crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm definitely a psycho. <laughs> 
Definitely crazy. Definitely a Patrick Bateman. What do you mean a psycho? Yeah, <laughs> definitely a little crazy, but I think the best of us are. A lot of a lot of artists are Gemini's, and I think there's that duality in terms of like, you know, your your life as an artist. You know what I'm saying, and everything that the music and art represents, and then that you're still a person at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying, that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You take that Hyde off, you still got to be that person when you go see moms. You know what I'm saying, when you go spend time with family. All, all right. that. So I mean, you're covered in blood on your album cover. Yeah. What was what was that about? That's just a bad hangover. <laughs> That's a really bad hangover. Yeah. You end up covered yeah. in blood. By yeah. the way, my man, God bless the El- Godfather Elvis Duran. Elvis Duran told us one time that um, if you if you're out and about right. and, and you wake up in the morning, it wasn't a good night if there's no blood on the pillow. Well, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. That's one way of putting it. Elvis Gato. Openly. Yeah. Openly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this whole H&M. <laughs> yeah, anyway. To the <laughs> album. Like, uh, this whole H&M situation, obviously, yeah. I know you're ready yeah. to talk about that, but you had a situation with H&M. You had a clothing line that you yeah. did with them that was supposed to come out in March. In March, yeah. And then you had to step back from that. Yeah. So contractually, you're able to... It was, I mean, yeah, because contractually, there's nothing in the contract that says... If we do something racist, you get out the deal. You know what I'm saying? So we were just but like, if you do something racist, they oh get yeah. Out if the deal. an artist does something bad, it, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They, they pull the, they pull the, yeah, the rug out instantly. But um, I mean, when I saw that, you know, feeling how I felt, it wasn't even like a conversation. It was just like I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like Did you feel a like way call my people and be like, get me out of this because it's it's not cool. I'm not putting my name on this. Like it's not okay. Even with the period. mom saying she didn't care about it and it was just light stuff. I mean, it's it's so big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the world. Like, this is the world right now, being mm-hmm. as connected as we are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With the internet and things going viral and creating a conversation and a dialogue, it can happen that fast. And all of a sudden, you got the whole world looking and watching and talking about it. And you know what I'm saying? I, I'm very, 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 like, like, guarded with what I put my name on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, who I do a record with, what I attach my name to, what I co-sign. Because that's all you have. Mm-hmm. Is your name, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's your whole respect as a person. If I would do anything for a check and put my name on anything, even if I didn't like it or wear it or drink it or nothing like that, then who am I as a human being? But so I was excited about H&M, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, that was a big opportunity to put clothes all around the world, you know what I'm saying, and do something that I actually liked, you know what I'm saying, And, and was cool with. And then I saw that happen, and it was like, I'm not cool with this. Like, I'm out. Period. How much money did you walk away from? A lot. Millions? And a lot. A lot. Like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's think, not even... Like, like, think about it, money. But you can't miss what you don't have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was just oh, like... Yeah, you can miss it. If it yeah, you can definitely... I mean, I definitely have plans. Yeah, if you knew the number. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I was yeah, buying yeah. Miles a house off that check, period. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I've always been a big believer in, like, if you believe in yourself, then this isn't the last time it'll come around. You know what I'm saying? That value... My value didn't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, my value to whatever they saw in me to want to put that money up and get behind me. I still got that. You know what I'm saying? The next the next opportunity that comes knocking when it's right, you know what I'm saying? It'll now, be if that. they apologize and they... They did apologize. And they, and they hired some they minorities, would, yeah. you, would you open back up to even thinking about maybe doing business again with them? Would you? If they hire some minorities and some people that look like me in position of, of power where they can make better decisions, yeah. I, I would think about it. Nah, yeah. nah I mean, that's just like putting a Band-Aid over something. Like, the, the damage is done. The damage is definitely done. And I just... Me personally, I felt like their statement was pretty, you know. It's pretty like, eh. eh. Their statement yeah. was right. Yeah. Well, so, so was this a real move or, or uh, a PR stunt? This is a real move. Okay. Absolutely. Nobody walks right. away from millions and millions of dollars just as a. I mean, but know, it's not even I, like I don't want to get too focused on the money because at the end of the day, like, 
money can't buy everything, period. You know what right. I'm saying? What I'm supposed to do is just have that money and be mm-hmm. a terrible human being who's, you know what I'm saying, promoting a company that's doing something like that. Like, I don't care. Like, But for you, this could be, it could, it could have been career suicide because you're a white rapper. Yeah. This happens. Next thing you know, a couple months from now, you see G-Eazy with H&M ass. Yeah. Nah, yeah, it's they, gross. They would kill you. Um, it's gross. Destroyed. Disgusting. It would be, it would be and you think you would build Cosby two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be terrible. <laughs> so for yeah. the business side of things, because you did go to school and mm-hmm. study the music business as well, uh, this would have been a terrible move regardless. Yeah, There's but no I, I just, I, I really, at the end of the day, before business comes, you know what I'm saying, principles, just, just being a human, and that's really what it comes down to. All right, we got more with G-Eazy. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have G Easy in the building. It was it hard getting acceptance from the hip hop community at first? I don't know. I've been making music a long time. It's been hard to get anything to stick. Period. You know what I'm saying? I was selling mixtapes out of my backpack in 2006 in downtown mm-hmm. Oakland. Like, how about support your local hip hop to people walking by with a CD player? Come on, listen to this. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was ugly and dry for a long, long time. You know what I'm saying? And even when it started to stick, it still wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like what it was. Mm-hmm. Even now, like No Limits, my biggest record ever. Mm-hmm. All these years later, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's been a long process in general. And Ooh. how did that record happen? Because I read somewhere that ASAP Rocky was in the studio next door, so it wasn't like it was. Playing. Yeah, nah, nah. I mean, I've known Rocky forever. Um, I opened his first New York show. I met Rocky like right. Right, right when like Peso came out, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? When he was first buzzing, we had some mutual friends. He came through and kicked it, and we just smoked and just talked. And uh, he was like, Yo, I f with you. I want you to come out to New York and open up my show. It's my first real New York show. And I'm kind of bugging, you know what I mean? I'm like, New York, f- what? You know what I mean? I go out there, and it's like, like You sure you want me on this show? You must have had some good weed. Man. So, yeah, How this is you? the first time we actually, I did my thing. New York I walked is on that stage. Yeah, they, New York is they see me walk out on that stage like, who the hell is this with slick back hair looking like a like, You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Nah, I was ready. You know what I'm saying? They were ready to boo me. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, nah. I walked on that stage and I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I did my thing. Um, but this is the first time we did a song. He was he was in the studio right next to me. And we just, you know what I'm saying? I walked in, tapped in and said, what's up? And um, what about Cardi? Like, show me what you've been working on. You reached out to Cardi early, like before Bodak yeah, yeah. was number one. Before she was the I've darling of the dance. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Period. I think what made you even think before, like honest. when her mixtape. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just watching her and following her. I just felt like her brand, her whole image, her whole personality, really was just this unapologetic. Just you know what I'm saying? She mm-hmm. was her. Mm-hmm. She was comfortable in her skin. She was not holding back, not biting her tongue for nothing. She was doing her, and she was moving. She was moving. She was actually getting, like, you know what I'm saying, on iTunes, and, like, people were following, and she really had, like, a fan base. And we played a show together, and I met her backstage, and then I went out into the crowd and watched, like, her perform. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like that's when you can really tell if somebody's, like, because you're right there, you know what I'm saying? It's not like in a studio, like, oh, let me punch in, let me clean this up, let me mix this. It's, you're right there in front of people. And you have to win people over, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're really just staring at you like this. I'm talking about, like, when I walked mm-hmm. on stage opening for Rocky, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're looking at me like, like, what? So she did her thing, and I was just like, she's a superstar. Now, you, you got a record uh, with Haley called Him and I. How's it, yeah. And, you, and you're talking about, I guess, your, your girlfriend, you know, yeah. I, I assume. Mm-hmm. And you say y'all do drugs together, yep. which is ironic, because this past week it was a picture floating around of her allegedly sniffing allegedly, cocaine with yeah. you uh-huh. somewhere. 
Yep. What, what's that about? I don't know. <laughs> I was on a boat. I was, I was, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> it's a, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. It's New Year's Day. It's Miami. You know what I'm saying? I'm on a yacht. What do you think I'm doing? You a think I'm smoking weed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. My name is Gerald. Yeah, I am. You guys are both how, very How do y'all handle stuff like yeah. that, though? Like, when you see the pictures? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. This is like, you know what I'm saying? We're on the middle of the water, you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, somebody with a mile long lens. That's a lens. long lens, bro. That's a long lens, mm. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, can I live? Mm-hmm. Like, we're literally in the middle of nowhere enjoying ourselves. It's a holiday, whatever. And, um, you know, that kind of thing, like leaving restaurants and paparazzi being outside, this is new to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a weird thing not having that, you know, kind of just privacy to just kind of live. Like, it's a little weird, but, I mean, that's whatever. You think you're making her hot, though? Her name's not Haley. Her name is Halsey. Her name is Halsey. 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 Yeah, her name Apologies. is Ashley. Halsey. 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 Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Do you, um, like, but, but do you think you're making her hot? Like, I think we make I... each other hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we big up each other. No, I don't mean like that. I mean, like, you mean, if I want to do drugs, I, I used to be able to do drugs uh, 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 on the low, but now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How did y'all meet? How did y'all connect? Uh, interesting story. I'll save that one uh, for another time. Um, you won't ever tell that story. You always just say at a party. Yeah, I mean, what kind yeah, of party? Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a birthday party. It was like a puff party. I'm inspired by puff parties. Yeah. Did y'all yeah, meet over a line? <laughs> um, we met with Pamela Anderson. I'll leave it there. Damn, yeah. I know some coke was involved. Oh my gosh, nah, it already sounds like a crazy. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this story. Uh, and you said you like puff parties. Now yeah. it's two kind of puff oh, parties. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he said you set yourself up. Jesus. Set up with I don't know. Puff, uh, Puff says he's partied with Fab, but he hasn't partied, partied with Fab. I don't know what party, yeah. party means. So have you partied, partied hey, with man. Puff or just party? Go figure. <laughs> yeah, Puff, that's big bro, man. That's 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 who I look up to. That's no, I got love for Puff. Yeah. I, I I I haven't. I didn't always like Puff, but his energy has changed a lot. Brother love, years. or maybe my energy's changed. I don't yeah. know, but he Puff, seems like a different Puff's person. Positive now. Can we talk yeah. about the business aspect of your career for a second? Because you did go to Loyola. Do you think you would be where you are today if you yeah. hadn't done that? Absolutely. Still? You think so? You don't think it really. No, I'm not going to say it didn't help. I met my managers there. Mm-hmm. I met, like, a lot of my team. I shot my first videos when I got there, like, meeting somebody who just happened to have a camera. Um, you know, got a lot of just hands-on experience. I wasn't, like, I'm, I, I've never, I don't know, I didn't, I had trouble paying attention in school. I never really, like, that was never my thing. Uh, I did enough to get by. I got through it. But I just feel like you learn from doing. You learn from being, like, in the field, getting your hands dirty, like, just failing over and over and over, like getting on stage and booed off, selling CDs and it not working, you know what I'm saying? Putting out music and it not sticking. I've been uploading songs since MySpace, you know what I'm saying? Refreshing my page and it's 67 plays, you know what I mean? Like trying and not working. So I just feel like that, my persistence and my work ethic and all that more so than anything. So would, you, would you encourage your child to, to, to go to college? And, and, or I would encourage them. Well, I'm not having kids. Not having Come kids? On, Why nah. not? You talk about, so by the way, you talk now. about unprotected yeah. sex on the album a couple of times. Yeah. You're definitely going to have some kids. Hey, I'm not man, having I, no kids. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know you're not Couches having kids? Couches pull out. I don't. <laughs> you, <laughs> might have, you might have kids. Jeez. Yeah, Why I mean, who knows? Who knows? I just, I'm not at the place right now. Not right now, but. Yeah. Are, are there any privileges to being a, a white male in hip-hop? Because, you know, I hear your story, and you sound like you've had every the same grind that everybody else yeah. has. Yeah. I'm a white male. I'm privileged everywhere. Right. And I'm I'm aware of that. Everything is easier for me, mm. period. In terms of music, I still have to work to get my voice heard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't start rapping yesterday. I've, I've been at this for over 10 years, you know, but I am aware of that. 
When did you first become aware of your, your privilege as a white male? As a white male? I mean, growing up, period, my whole life. Yeah. You saw differences between, like, you and your... Just being socially aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. the world and how it works and the world we still live in to this day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. I mean, I, we can... I respect it. I respect the honesty in that answer. Because yeah. people, so many people act like they, they're not aware of their privilege. Yeah. And you have to be aware of your privilege to use your privilege to combat prejudice. Yeah. All right, more with G-Eazy when we come back. Here's Cardi B with Bodak Yellow. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have G-Eazy in the building. You, you had a song called uh, Everything Will Be Okay Off Your When It's Dark Out album. Was yeah. that story true? That story's true. Y- y'all know about that? No, no, tell his, us. His mother left his dad. Correct me if I'm wrong. His, yeah. Your mother left yeah. your dad for another woman, yeah. and then that woman overdosed on pills, and you discovered yeah. the body? Yeah. In the basement, right? Or yeah. Something like Yeesh. that. That's a difficult That would thing. require therapy. Music is therapy? Yeah. Music yeah. is definitely therapy. Actually, that verse was therapy. That's mm-hmm. the first time I really told that story. Like, Juice is my best friend, and I never told him that story. Mm-hmm. Like, that was some shit I kept kind of, like, close. Um, Why? You trying to make it go away? Like, in your mind? I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know psychologically why people... You know what I'm saying? Bury what we bury, but that was definitely traumatic for me. I was, I was what, 15, 16. And, um, you know, the whole entire thing, I mean, you know, I talk about it in the verse. I say my mom's was, you know, with a woman. And at the time, it's a little more accepted now, but this is, you know, what, 2004, 2005. Like, um, my mom brings her around and she's like, this is my best friend. You know, and I'm like, okay. As a kid, like, why are you sleeping in the same bed as your best friend? She's always with us. You know what I'm saying? This don't really feel like a best friend situation. And then coming to find out and then other kids being like, why does your mom have a rainbow, you know what I'm saying, bumper sticker on her car? You know what I'm saying? They didn't want to, like, ride in the car feeling away, like, as a kid. You know what I'm saying? And then growing up, becoming a man, being like, this. Like, if she loves her and she loves her, that's love. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Y'all respect that, period. Because she's doing for her what nobody else was. Mm-hmm. So coming to accept it, coming to like... And then, I mean, anytime when you're a kid, you know what I'm saying, and your parents are a rap and this other person comes in and then to have it be that, you kind of have this, like, protectiveness. Like, my mom's my everything. Like, she worked two jobs, raising two boys, a single mom. Like, that's who I work for. That's who I do it for. Like, she's my everything. That's my queen. So having this other figure come in and then finally growing up, maturing, and, you know what I'm saying, my mind opening up to being, like, accepting of this... And learning to love her too and then her kind of like spiraling into this addiction and hiding kind of in the basement and then one night that happening mm. and it just being like that happened and now that's it how did your mom feel about the song when she heard it she cried we both cried mm. i remember the first time i played it for her because she loved the song did no, you ever talk to your father about that situation because i'm sure that was traumatic for him too having his wife leave for another yeah. woman yeah did you ever talk to him about that yeah now for this album, you don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I understand. You know. <laughs> I this, this album has twenty it. songs on it, but you recorded over a hundred songs. Yeah. And had to pick twenty. Who? How does that process work? <sighs> we put the boxing gloves on, man. We was catching fades in the studio, man. <laughs> uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. But I just, um, it had been two years since the last album, and I built a studio in my house. I basically, I finally, I, I mean, I was bouncing around forever, like mm-hmm. from tour to tour to tour to album to tour to whatever. So the last. When I put the last album out, I toured that for nine months straight. And then I finally, I cashed a check. I bought a house and put a studio in it. It was the first time I lived somewhere, like, you know, moving to L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, that studio was my safe place. Like, mm-hmm. I would go in every single night and work. And if you, 
I mean, this is what I know how to do. If you put me in a workplace, I'm give you records. Gonna work, right. You know what I'm saying? So I ended up with a lot of music. And while I was in that vibe, I just kind of go unconscious. Like, I'm just like, don't distract me. Don't bother me. Don't come in here. Just let me keep working. And I'll pop my head out when it's done. And I was like, Shit, we got a lot of songs. <laughs> you know. How do you get away with rapping about all these, smashing all these chicks when you're in a relationship? You talk uh, about f***ing other chicks a lot. <laughs> Maybe they do it together. No. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. You live in a real rock star lifestyle. I come exactly as advertised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm be honest. I thought that you would be a mess. Like one of those, like the way you look on your album cover with yeah. blood all over you. thought you he was going to come here like that? Hair off your shovel. I'm serious. I thought that you would, just listening to your music, I thought you'd be an absolute mess. You seem to have it together. I'm all right. Listen, I haven't started drinking yet. Let's, let's see where this goes. Do you drink every day? No, you think I'm an alcoholic? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you're socially um, awkward sometimes? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Time. Yeah. I've seen you easy out and about. And you... I mean, I'm either or. I'm either completely awkward or like the life of the party. That's <laughs> no in my, between. I, I met you, at, I think the first time I met you in person, uh, it, his security was Drake's old security. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they was just telling me about how they, 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 had, a, they had assignments to beat me up for years. <laughs> because of Drake. I ran into him at, at, in Houston, and Charlemagne, thank God, didn't come. Uh, and I tried to go up on stage and run up there, and they made sure I didn't get on stage. I had to sneak see, back. And, and, being they, a thot. and they told you know, me. I stayed in the Shut section. the yeah. up. That was he out of running, running to get a picture with Drake. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was running Chill to get a picture with Drake. Never mind. Sit your beige, <laughs> thirsty <laughs> ass they down. They were going to beat the <laughs> that Charlemagne. They definitely yeah. was. I you don't run with that security no more? Not him anymore. I think he's with The weekend. I just oh, okay. remember seeing Drake on stage and we, we could read his lips and he was like, where's Charlemagne? He definitely asked me that. Where's Charlemagne? <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you do personally to avoid being labeled as a culture vulture? I can only be me. I'm like, you know, I wear what I like to wear. I make the music that I would like to listen to. I, you know what I'm saying? I do what I like to do. I'm just myself. That's, you know, that's all you can be. You can't reach. You can't try to disguise yourself as something else. You just... That's it. On the uh, record, uh, Crash and Burn, you say, I be selling dreams. I know she's down to buy. Voices in my head tell me I should be honest, but I don't pay attention. I don't hear the yeah. comments. Why are you lying to these women, G's? <sighs> dreams are for sale and yes, business no. is booming. <laughs> you know when I used business to be, is booming. When I used Damn. to be out in these streets, you know that was my line. Back in my day, that was my line. I'm selling dreams and who buying them? Yeah. So when I heard they're you say that, like I can hotcakes, man. They're selling like hotcakes out here. Yeah. Buying Michael Kors back. Relax. Yeah. Relax. Can't that was the living say I bought a Michael Kors. <laughs> yeah. You said what? <laughs> he never bought a Michael Kors back. Charlemagne was buying those, though. Definitely. You, you, you wouldn't buy a young lady a Michael Kors bag? Um, what type of young I'll lady? I'll probably do YSL. What's, What's the background? Well, you never dated a Dominican from the high school. Clearly you haven't. Now, now you had an ex, uh, Lena Del Rey. <coughs> Lana. Lana. You just f***ing up Y'all know I can't pronounce nothing. She mm -hmm. she clapped at you at her concert. Did, did she? Yeah. What, what, what did she, she say? She threw up the G. She said, I'm not going to name no names. And then she threw up a G or something like How'd that. How'd she do it? I don't know how to throw up no G. How you throw up a G in silent? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that just means she cares. If that's what it means, that's what it means. What's your relationship like with her now? Uh, we haven't talked in a long time. <laughs> G Easy, a real Oakland player. Like he really <laughs> out here breaking hearts and like it. Uh, she's she's uh she's a nice girl. She's real sweet. <laughs> Every time he wants to be saved from a question, he looks at me. Like, <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, I'll regret this when I'm sober. Yeah. What is the line, uh, uh, yeah, I might regret this when tomorrow comes, but them drunk nights are more fun than sober ones. With every shot, they're like, ah, here Kobe comes. Yeah, Kobe, that's 81 points. Come on, man. 
Oh, that's, I was thinking thirty field goals a night. What? I'm not gonna lie. You were thinking you said what? That. That's what I was. Why nah, would that nah, be the nah. first thing chill, you said? I regret this when I'm sober. Yeah, with every shot, like you know, what I'm saying, oh, another shot, and oh, oh, Kobe comes. Have, the punchline might have been a reach. It might have been a stretch, <laughs> but you know, what I'm saying, yeah, I didn't couldn't think of the nose. I'm like, come on, rain that back in, man. Rain that back in. Hey, eight and twenty-four, man. That's goat right there, man. <laughs> so he said I, have a, I have a signed Kobe jersey in my house, man. That's the coolest thing I got. It says two G Easy, do the phenomenal, <laughs> and I have to walk past it every single day. All right, now let's talk about the tour starting February fifteenth. Yes. He's like, back to He's like, yes. <laughs> no more. Yeah. No more. No more. Okay. Yeah, the tour. Um, yeah, tickets are flying. The tour starts February 15th, coming to a city near you. Young Gerald, live in concert. Oh, that's your first name, Gerald? Gerald, yeah. Oh, that's what the G stands for. That's what the G stands for. <laughs> Not got butt raped. <laughs> no, Come on, no, guys, guys. guys. Okay, now, now that was a reach. Now, that was a super reach. That was a reach. Jesus man. Christ, envy. Yeah, <laughs> tour. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tickets are flying. You know what I'm saying? The rest of the world. We've been a lot of places, and it's a blessing. But um, see everything: Australia, New Zealand, again, Europe. We did Asia for the first time this last year. That was crazy. What continent got the best? Uh, Colombia. Yeah, that's... By anyway, way, back to the tour. They got good cocaine <laughs> in Colombia, too. My goodness. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's <laughs> hand in hand. Anyway, yeah. Don't die, G-Eazy. That's oh, all I'm man. telling you. Please. Nah, man, I'm Gucci. All right, don't, don't, don't be out here overdosing. Nah. Has there been a night that you felt like you was almost about to die because of drugs and alcohol? <laughs> Have you gotten that high? And, nah, I mean, nah. Hanging out with Puff had to rub a furry wall or two just to, <laughs> just to stay focused. On acid, just like. Oh, furry yeah. wall. <laughs> you never seen Get Him to the Greek? No. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was. Uh, you never saw Get Him to the Greek? No. It's a great movie. Well, don't, don't die, Jeezy. That's all. That's my final words for you, man. That's what I'm serious. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that positive note. Don't I'll work on that one. Thank you. I'll work on that one. Duly noted. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Thanks it's Jeezy. It's the Breakfast Club. Album's out right now. Get your tickets for the tour. We appreciate you for joining us, man. Much love. Thank you, guys. Breakfast Club, good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. It's yes, Friday. Sir. Yes, it is. It is Friday. It is the weekend. Martin Luther King weekend, too. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. That means, uh, oh, no, we working Monday. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're, we're off not? on Monday. We just got back. Well, I just no, got back. No, you just got back. <laughs> Oh, hey, okay. You ain't got to tell me. Yeah, don't threaten me with a good time. Oh, oh, we all working Monday, right? Yeah, oh, okay. we all. I said we weren't. Don't be playing with my emotions now. All right, well, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Oprah. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, Seal posted on Instagram a couple of days ago a couple of photos with Oprah Winfrey and Harvey Weinstein. In one of those photos, she is kissing Harvey Weinstein's cheek, and he said, when you have been part of the problem for decades, but suddenly they all think you are the solution. And then he said, oh, I forgot that's right. You'd heard the rumors, but you had no idea he was actually serially assaulting young, starry-eyed actresses who, in turn, had no idea what they were getting into. My bad. And then he put the hashtag Sanctimonious Hollywood. Uh, uh, listen, I'm not the biggest proponent of Oprah Winfrey running in 2020, but that is just a reach. Like, how are you uh, uh, getting mad at her for pictures she took about Har took with Harvey Weinstein before everybody knew Harvey Weinstein was the serial sexual assaulter that he was? All right. That doesn't make any sense. And then uh, stupid. 
Juanita Broderick, she's a 75-year-old retired nurse, also uh, tweeted out, Hey, Oprah, funny, I've never heard you mention my name. Can you hear me now? Guess not. My rapist was, is your friend Bill Clinton. Why would she even know about that, though? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, how is she supposed to know all these things that's going on in these, other people's and lives? And these are allegations. Yeah. Now, speaking of allegations, uh, the woman, Violet Paley, who was saying that James Franco forced her head into his lap while his penis was exposed, is saying that she was in a consensual sexual relationship with James Franco when they were sitting in a car, and he pressured her into performing oral sex on him, something she had not done to him before. She was an aspiring filmmaker, and she said the power dynamic was really off. Well, some people are now questioning her because of a tweet that she put up uh, just a few months ago. She had tweeted out, I like planning ways to ruin someone's life the moment I meet them. Now, Violet Paley is saying to TMZ, I use Twitter to make jokes most of the time. It was clearly a joke. I'm sorry if I offended anyone, and I think most people know it was a joke, and the people milking it are Trump-like bot trolls, so I'm not deleting it and letting their psychotic twist on a dumb joke win. So they're using that against her now. All right, keeping up with the Kardashians. Find out something great that happened from watching that show. Ex-NFL lineman Brandon Albert decided to donate $1 million, and that is to Alexandria House's mission. Now, here's what he had to say. We just want to thank you, Kim, for bringing your amazing crew to here for Alexandria House. And what we'd like to offer to you is a gift of stories. We'd like to start with Madison. Most people don't understand, you know, the homeless. They think that, oh, you have to be been a bad kid. You have to have run away. I was an athlete. Um, and for whatever reason, my mom, she just couldn't deal. She was on drugs, and she kicked me out the house at 17, and I found myself homeless. So that was the episode he was watching of Alexandria House. It's a shelter for homeless women mm -hmm. and homeless women with kids in L.A. While he was watching that episode, he said it really hit home for him because he grew up in a single-parent home where his mom and aunt worked many jobs to make ends meet. So he donated a million dollars to Alexandria House. And right now they're saying that they plan to buy another complex to accommodate the 600 or so people that they turn away every month because they just don't have space. And they would not have been able to do that without Brandon's donation. So that's a beautiful situation. Now, Ray J is being sued, and he's being sued for $30 million because of his scooty bikes. Someone by the name of Jean Paul is saying that he and Ray J spoke about starting that business to market electric scooter bikes back in 2015, and he thought that Ray J's celebrity would be helpful in pushing that bike out to the masses. And he says Ray J agreed to become an investor and an endorser, but then uh, later on... I guess he's saying that Ray J just basically stole the idea from him. Now, Ray J is saying it was his idea, so this $30 million lawsuit is a shakedown. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne! You yes, still sir. ride your scooty bike? Uh, yep, you know what? Yes, my kids still ride the bike. They actually charged it yesterday because it was nice out, and they had it charged yesterday, so they still ride that, that scooty bike. Yeah, my wife and my daughter definitely ride it. Mm -hmm. I've never rode it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, who are you giving your donkey to? Listen, man, I need our cracking chief Donald Trump and his base to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. Okay? Oh, all, all my Haitian massive salute. All right? All where, right. Your, where your dolls at? All right. How do you say uh, donkey today coming up next in Creole? Bulik. Give me some time. I don't know. All, all right. right. Bulik. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Time for Donkey of the Day. Donkeys of the Day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. 
Ah, man, oh, man. Donkey of the day for Friday, January 12th goes to Dote 45, uh, our celebrity-in-chief and his bigoted base, Donald J. Trump. This is the Donald's first donkey of 2018, but we casting a wide net with this one because this is going to his bigoted base, the people who continue to support Donald Trump in spite of his blatant racism, bigotry, prejudice, misogyny, and all-around bull caca. Now, if you haven't heard... On Thursday, yesterday, the White House had a meeting about Caribbean and African immigrants, and after an attendee proposed to restore protections for immigrants from Haiti, El Salvador, and some African nations ravaged by war and natural disasters as part of a larger immigration deal, Donald Trump, according to the Washington Post, asked the question, why are we having all these people from sugar, honey, iced tea, whole countries come here? You don't believe me? Let's go to CNN's Don Lemon. He's more of a reputable source than me. The president of the United States is racist. All of us already knew that. Today, President Trump talking with lawmakers in the Oval Office about immigrants from Haiti, from El Salvador, and Africa said, and I quote, why are we having all these people from whole countries come here? And CNN is told that he went on to say, why do we need more Haitians? Take hmm. them out. Let's be clear. The only asshole I see on this planet is Donald Trump's mouth, okay? Once again, for the final time, racist, bigoted white people are and will be referred to as cracker-ass crackers and white devils. Okay, Donald Trump is the cracker-in-chief, and if you're more mad about me calling racist bigots crackers than you are having a president who builds walls instead of bridges, then you're part of the problem. My guy, I, Joe Wright 86 on Twitter said this morning, it's crazy Donald Trump supporters will make racist remarks but don't like to be called racist. Nah, you're getting all that energy back and then some. All right, let me tell you something, man. If I know my Haitians like I know my Haitians, okay, Donald Trump should be sick by Tuesday. All right, I expect Donald Trump to be coughing up a frog or turning into one by Tuesday. You want to call places like Africa, El Salvador, and Haiti assholes? Well, when you start having an uncontrollable sweat and your stomach starts rumbling and you lose all your appetite and then you start feeling like you have a terrible case of diarrhea and you run to the bathroom to defecate, Mr. President, but instead you throw up and instead of vomit feces comes out your mouth, then you will understand that your mouth has been turned into an actual asshole. Drop one of the clues bombs for my Haitian masses. Where them dolls at? <laughs> now, Donald Trump has showed me a long time ago who he is, and I believe him. My question is this to his bigoted base, to the people who voted for him. Why are y'all still trying to act like y'all don't believe him? Now, I don't think everyone who voted for Trump is a racist, but I do believe in this moment. Everyone who continues to still support Trump is definitely racist. If you're not racist, then you're an accomplice to racism, okay? We all know all white people are prejudiced. That's just a ridiculous notion. But since it's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, let me give you a quote from MLK Jr. Okay, MLK said, the ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. If you are a so-called good white person, prove it. Use your privilege to combat prejudice. If you are defending Donald Trump at this point, cool. I like overt racists. I like knowing where people stand. Let's draw a line in the sand. You don't like niggas? Fine. I don't like racist, bigot, crack-ass crackers. We can segregate ourselves, okay? If I know you're a racist, I know to stay away from you. But the racists who are open with the racism aren't the problem. It's those of you who are silent about what Trump is doing. You're the problem. You a real American? You believe in equality, liberty, and justice for all. If you believe that, then why aren't you speaking out? Okay, this has nothing to do with conservative and liberal, Republican and Democrat. This has to do with right versus wrong, good versus evil, God versus Satan. This is about having a commander-in-chief that builds bridges, not walls. It's time to pick a side. I'm not trying to be diplomatic with racists. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Donald Trump's whole bigoted base can suck my big black Zozo. Okay? All right? Whoa. To the make American 
to the Make America Great Again crowd, you do know America is great because of immigrants. America was built by immigrants. Salute to Philip Mudd. He is a white <clears throat> male. He's the ex-deputy director of the CIA's counterterrorist center and the FBI's national security branch. He was on Don Lemon last night, and he was so eloquent speaking on the subject of America being built by people from these assholes that Trump talks about. Now, I love the fact that Philip Mudd was letting the asshole fly on CNN, but we can't because we not cable. Trust me, I asked my I asked last night. All right, let's hear it. I'm not surprised. In, in one way, I'm proud. I am a proud shitholer. My family was called WAPs and macro leaders. I'm proud of that. We came when people from Ireland and Italy were seen as dirty people, dirty Catholics who didn't belong in a Protestant country. Shitholers built this country 110 years ago. They were called slopers and slant eyes. I work for shitholers who protected this country after 9-11. I'm proud today to be a and I want a t-shirt. Hashtag, I am them. It's about the people who built America and who we denigrated until we became ashamed and we realized that's inappropriate and we're learning the lesson again today. A round of applause to Philip Mudd. Uh, we're not getting no t-shirts though. Okay, we're not embracing the S-hole thing, all right? Tired of, tired of turning these cracker-ass crackers terrible terms into terms of endearment, okay? I don't even know this guy, Philip Mudd, but I love him because he was not he was on CNN not biting his tongue, all right? He was telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. This is ex-deputy director of the CIA's counterterrorist center and the FBI's national security branch on CNN with Don Lemon speaking truth to power. Let's hear more of this. This is on CNN. I love this. A white honky from Norway can come here. Oh but a black dude from Haiti can't. Oh. What does that tell you in an America that one that, that in one generation called you a nigger? Mm. What does that tell you, Don? I can tell you that what that tells a honky like me. We're no different than we were a generation ago, and we're learning the same lessons that we learned when we called a Chinese man a slant eye, when we called a man from Guatemala a spick and a wetback, and we called a black man a nigger. Even though he on our side, that ER still hurt. That's, that hurt. That's still that's stung. One. Oh it's still stung. It's still stung. But simple and plain. That's it, baby. Okay, that's what it's about. This is about the good people, the Americans of all races, genders, and sexualities who really believe in equality, who really believe in liberty and justice for all. It's about us versus cracker-ass cracker white devils. Lines have been drawn. Teams have been chosen. Now ask yourself, what side of history do you, do you want to be on? All right, if you're not sure what side to be on, Choose the side that got the little old men in straw hats and fishnet shirts. <laughs> because those going to be the people who ask to speak to Trump in a public appearance. Those are the people who are going to clap their hands and it's going to look like they doing the LeBron James pregame chalk toss ritual. All right? That's the side you want to be on. Because when a Haitian goes, Epi, that's it! I don't know what you just said. But I just know when a Haitian goes, Finish for that! Please give the cracker in chief Donald Trump Ooh. and his base of bigots the biggest hee-haw. <coughs> I just suck my big black Zozo, okay? I got no rap for y'all. None. There ain't no negotiations. We ain't got nothing to talk about, all right? Y'all are what y'all are. I am what I am, all right? Kiss my black ass, all right? Haitians coming to this country every day, B. Get you some soup, jumu, some ginger tea. You'll be all right. You tough, right? You tough, right? Hear this from the... Yeah, you I'm, finished? I'm perfectly fine. All right. Bring somebody in here to, to bring my spirits up, please. All right, Lena Waif. There you drop one of clues bombs for Lena Waif, damn it. All right, executive producer and creator of The Shy, first black woman female to win an Emmy for comedy writing, okay? Brilliant mind she is. That's right. We'll kick it with her when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now we have a special guest joining us. Uh, uh, she's an actress, producer, and screenwriter. We have Miss Lena Waithe in the building. What up? What up? Now I saw Lena last night, and she asked me. She said. Now, has Envy actually seen The Shy? <laughs> I did. I, I did. said, probably not. I uh-huh, did uh-huh. see it for you. I'm going to tell you why I seen it. Okay. Why? I was in the gym training, and my trainer was like, I got to check out The Shy. And I was like, why? He was like, Charlemagne posted on his Instagram that it made yeah. him cry like a little bitch. So <laughs> Damn. he was like, I got to go see it. I didn't say that. <laughs> what I said was, Jason Mitchell has almost made me cry twice. Oh. And well, one of those scenes was from The Shot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I said I had to see it. So I, I watched it. Did you like it? I, I loved it, actually. Oh, thank you. Very, very Did you tweet about it? it? Did you post about it? No, I didn't post about <laughs> it. You need to post about <laughs> it. Come on, brother. I didn't post about Come it. Come on, we got to stick together. Uh, you Come know why I didn't post about it? Because we have a rule in my in my house that I can't watch a show without my wife, and I watched it without my wife. Okay. And it'll be destruction in my house. Here's so the deal. I have then, to watch it with my wife then I can This is what I need. He doesn't know yet. Please, I need y'all to watch it together. <laughs> okay. Alright? And then both of y'all can tweet about it. Okay, you and got post it. about it. You got it. Alright, I appreciate it. Well, that. I tweeted about it and that's how we got Jason Mitchell to come on the show. Thank when you I for tweeting it. about it, Angela. I appreciate it. I you. thought it was great and then Thank you. I shot my shot and I said we would love to have you come on up here <laughs> and it worked out. That's well, my boo. Well, we He's got the creator heart. of the show right the here now, Lena. The first black woman to win a Emmy for comedy writing. Correct. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You told me last night that you want to be the Kanye West of writing. Yeah, yeah. I think because I think my mission is to, it's interesting because a lot of people know me from Master of None and they know the Thanksgiving episode, which I was very honored to win an Emmy for. Uh, But I think to me, you know, The Shy is another, it's another color in my my voice. And Mm -hmm. I kind of want to keep surprising people. That's the thing we're talking about Kanye and like every album felt so much different than the last one. You almost didn't even know who the, if it was the same artist. And that's what I want to do I keep surprising people. I want people to kind of like be like always be guessing like what am I going to do next. Right because it's mission. so different from Master or None. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Chicago's a hard place to represent well but obviously you're from there and mm-hmm. Common's an executive producer yeah, on yeah. it. But people from Chicago will raise hell. Oh my God. And they, they, they be you know nitpicking some things. They done got at me. But that's my thing. You know I don't ever want to sit there and go okay I got it. I'm good. I don't need no input. You know to me I was talking to Charlamagne last night. It's like I feel like the audience is such a huge part of my career, all of our careers. Like we can't do this without them. Mm-hmm. And um and I really, really appreciate their feedback. I well, wanna hear from them. Explain the shot a little bit. It's not just about the shot time. Right. It talks about gun violence and the trickle effect. So talk to people about what was your mindset when you created this? Well, I was, you know, it was like three years ago when I wrote the pilot and I was living in Los Angeles and, you know, and all my family still lives in Chicago. I always run back there all the time and I just feel so connected to the city. And I was watching all these news stories. Like, it, it was really hot in the news like three years ago. There was just the, 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 the gun violence, the deaths, it was just getting to be really out of it control. It still is pretty hot. It, it is still, it is still crazy, but I think, you know, <laughs> the tough thing is, you know, the news, sometimes they get bored with the story and, and move on. So it's like, you know, the people are still there. They're still struggling with things. And so I was just watching it and I was seeing people go into the city and reporting on it, and which I appreciate, but at the same time, I was like, these are foreigners going into my city who don't know what it's like to survive a winter there, who don't know what it's like to run the streets in the summer there, who just don't know the heartbeat of the city. And I know the heartbeat because I used to fall asleep to it every night. And mm. so for me, I was like, I want to be able to tell the story. And I was reading so much like Baldwin at the time, a lot of Langston Hughes, and I was saying how they would tell stories about us mm. um, and, and really paint a really vivid picture of who we are as a community. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, I want to I want to try to do this for Chicago because I feel like there wasn't any humanity in behind the headlines. Mm-hmm. They were just numbers. They were just statistics. And I know those people. And I think there's a story behind every statistic. And I kind of want to tell their story so people would not be so desensitized to the deaths. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think we have been dehumanized in the the public eye. And I think 
that's problematic. Now, now, I know you have a love for a different world, and, yes. and you call yourself a Hillman grad. Yeah, yeah. After learning what we learned about Bill Cosby, how do you separate the art from the artist? You know, I think it was devastating for me because the Cosby show in a different world literally changed the course of my life. Like, mm. I wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for those two shows. Uh, it was like a life jacket for me, you know, growing up on the south side of Chicago as, like, you know, a kid living in my grandmother's house. So what he did may break my heart but it doesn't it doesn't take away you know the the character of Whitley Gilbert it doesn't mm-hmm. make you know these phenomenal episodes of television go away I, I think we all remember the episode with Tisha Campbell and the the HIV episode and talking about the LA riots or the phenomenal episode called Mammy Dearest where they sort of deal with the sort of dark skin light skin thing I mean the those things those memories are ingrained into my mind like that doesn't make all that go away uh, that still resonates inside of me and so it, it was really tough but for me I, I always I, it's not going to make me feel any less joyful when I watch that show right. or if I'm feeling down I'll put it on and, and I'll just feel like I'm at home but that show made me go to Hampton that was the reason why I went wow. to university yeah because Hillman is kind of like H.U. the way the, the calf absolutely and the, the grill was come that's on that's why I went to Hampton <laughs> yeah you know it changed so many of our lives and has such a huge impact on us I don't think you can throw the baby out with the bathwater on that one. You said you wanted to be a writer since you were young, like yeah. seven years old. How mm-hmm. did you know you wanted to write for television? I just I just knew how much I loved television. You know, I always say I grew up in a two-parent household, my mom and the TV. So it's like I, I, I was just, it really brought me so much joy that I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and and I felt like, you know, TV, when you're, you know, growing up in the inner city, that TV teaches you how to dream. It teaches you what to dream about. Um, and that's really what it did for me. And so I was kind of say, oh, I want to be a part of that. And then, you know, when I was in fifth grade, my teacher said, I really like reading your papers. And I was like, what? why? And she said, because you write the way you speak. And I just remember, I just remembered that. And I think that's why it's so important for teachers to really highlight the kids what they do well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was really told, I was told at the early age, like, you speak well, you write well. You're great with dialogue. You enjoy reading, <laughs> you know, and also love watching TV. So when I got older, my mom was like, okay, what you going to do with your life? I kind of com- combined my two favorite things, which is writing and television. And, uh, and I majored in writing and producing and television at Columbia College in Chicago because I wasn't ready to leave Chicago yet. So I was, my mom said, don't you want to go out of state? I was like, nah, nah, I want to stay here. Stay here. Yeah. So I went to college. You know, I'm so happy I got to go to college in Chicago because, you know, I, my, my uh, university was like down downtown Chicago. And it was amazing. All right. We have more with Lena Waves. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Lena Waith in the building, actress, producer, screenwriter. Yeah. Now, uh, for the show Master of None, how many of those things that you wrote about are real-life stories? Because there's some random, like... Guy oh. masturbating on the trains, citizens arrest. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I didn't. I wasn't a writer on the show, uh, and so like a lot of that stuff comes from Alan Yang and Aziz Ansari. That's them, you know, pulling from their own life experiences. The first time I wrote on it was for the Thanksgiving episode. Oh, okay, that's... and I didn't want to because. And then you went and won an Emmy for it. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I'm very grateful, but <laughs> I, I think um, I really didn't want it to be muddled, you know, because I'm a writer first, mm-hmm. and I thought I was like, oh, I don't want people thinking 
oh, well, she writes on this show and she stars on it. It's like, no, I didn't write anything in season one. They met me and they were like, okay, we had another idea for this character. We thought she was going to be some chick that may have been a love interest for Dev. They're like, but we like that you're a black lesbian and kind of, you know, have an interest in swag. So we're going to rewrite all these other scripts that make her like you. Wow. So I was like, okay, cool. So, um, so I really trusted them and they knew my voice and they really appreciated my cadence. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do this. Um, but then in, in season two, when I circled back with Aziz and we're talking about just like life stories, I told them about my coming out story and they were really entertained by it. And I didn't think my coming out story was that <laughs> extraordinary or fascinating. I, maybe because it was mine, but um, they were like, no, that's an episode. And I was like, okay. And then and, and he was like, we should get Angela Bassett to play your mom. I was like, okay, well, you keep wishing. Uh, and then uh, and then Angela was like, she, you know, she read the script and she was like, yeah, I'd love to come like play wow. with you guys and do this. The the Emmy was icing. Like I, I had such an amazing experience to doing that. And the response I got was phenomenal. I didn't, I didn't know how much the culture needed that episode of television. I really, really didn't. Because so many people reached out and was like, finally, like, we're seeing someone that reflects us and you're telling our story. And I think for me, I just sort of, I didn't care if when I walk into a room, the energy changes. I didn't care to shout from the rooftops. Like, yeah, I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be gay. I'm proud to be a woman. Um, and then I realized how much of an anomaly I was in the industry. Because if you look at how many black people are in Hollywood and how many out gay black people there are in Hollywood, the numbers just don't add up. But I think for me, what I hope is with my success and just my career and my trajectory, I hope that somebody looks at me and goes, you know what? Maybe it ain't that bad. Maybe I should just like stop trying to be pretending to be something I'm not. I think, it's the, confi- I think it's the confidence yeah. that's intriguing. Mm. It's not the fact that you're black and you're gay and you're a woman. It's the fact that you're unapologetically all of that. People mm. wish they could be that confident. Mm. It's interesting because I think some people are really confident. I think there's just a level of fear of, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they're afraid of. I can't speak to it because that's not my experience. But I, I, I see it all the time where I see people who I know are family. But they acting as if they ain't. Yeah, well, was there a time too. that you were scared? No. No. And my boy Justin Simeon, who created Dear White People, I remember. Because I, I never thought I would be an actor or a, a public person. But I remember when we were in the process of, we had gotten to Sundance. And, and we knew that, you know, we knew Justin was going to be doing a lot of interviews and all that kind of stuff. And Justin and I had a conversation where we were like, we will never, ever pretend to be something we aren't. When we get out there in the public eye, people need to hear that. You know, you get a lot of emails for Ask Ye about that, and, I, and me and my wife. We do Pop, something. I thought you were about to say people are always inquiring if Angela's no. a lesbian. Oh, I was like, I want to come out. How can I come out? Like they don't know. When yeah. we get that, you get that a lot when yeah, people call. Like, they get that a lot, so it's glad that people hear your story. Yeah. Do you think it's everybody's business though? Like some people choose to come out the closet, and some people are just like, my sexuality isn't your business. You know, I think that argument held water. Uh, a little bit longer ago, but now I think it's imperative Mm -hmm. that, especially if you're a person of color, because the truth is there, you know, for me, when I was a young black girl who knew I was different, was watching TV, I would always be staring at the TV set looking for myself. Right. And I didn't see me. And when you don't see yourself, you start to think that you don't matter. Mm. Um, Or you start to think that something is wrong with you. So for me, I, I take it as a responsibility to be out as hell, you know, black as hell, female as hell. So that way, when some young brown kid is sitting at home and turning on YouTube and watching y'all or, or turns on Netflix to watch Master of None or is watching The Shy or whatever it is, um, you know, they will say, oh, uh, that's me. And she's okay. And she seems to be happy and doing quite well for herself. So, you know what, I'm going to be brave and be myself and be out. 
because if she can do it and survive, then maybe so can I. School our listeners real quick because, you know, you call yourself an openly queer woman. Mm -hmm. When did the word queer change from a slur to a term of endearment? endearment? Yeah, yeah I, I think for me the reason why I use the word queer is because even though, yes, there's lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, intersex, asexual, non-binary, there's a lot of, you know, categories within our group. And the reason why I like to say queer is because I don't want to separate myself from any of those other people. I, I To me, like, I, my fight, I, I'll fight next to a gay man, I'll fight next to a bisexual person, I'll fight next to a trans person, I'll fight next to someone who's non-binary. I like to say we're all one big family, and so that's why not, I try not to say lesbian, because then I'm sort of like, I feel like ostracizing the lesbian group within a group of uh, that's already a minority. So for me, when I say queer, it's really my way of just sort of being all-inclusive. Mm -hmm. um, so that way I'm not separating myself from any other group. It's me saying, like, we're all one big group. We're all, we all have something about us that's sort of different, and we all have to come out in some sort of way. So I just kind of feel like we're all one big family. Well, now, Lita has, has to this, go, guys. So we okay, gotta, we gotta just wrap one up last question. Okay, okay. Not yet, but I feel confident. It will. And I'm, and I'm grateful to all these people that really showed up. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, so many people, so many of our people, so many people that don't even look like us were like, you know, Instagramming and posting and tweeting. And it was another, it was, it feels similar to Thanksgiving, you know, because the thing about Netflix is like, we don't know how people feel about it until like, you know, until we see Twitter. Yeah, day. exactly. Right, right, right. We don't have ratings or whatever. But I think for The Shy, you know, and we were lucky because Showtime was gracious enough to release the first episode early. Mm -hmm. So we were getting tweets and, and emails and comments, it was getting texts and he was screen ga grabbing them and sending them to me. People were saying again, thank you for showing us as we are and um and that's really my mission as a writer i i, I really want to continue to gain the the audience's trust and i want to continue to be a person that can really you know wave a flag for our community and um you know i think i think it's something i don't take lightly and even like with winning the emmy I, i'm really grateful and i didn't expect for that to happen so early in my career so i think for me i feel like i'm always trying to earn it you know i'm really trying to earn that moment and I'll, you know, hopefully we get, get a few more. One last question. How do you think mm -hmm. the show will change the perception of Chicago? I asked you this last night, but mm -hmm. I want our audience to hear it. I hope it just sort of reminds them that black boys aren't born with a gun in their right hand and a pile of drugs in their left. Mm -hmm. You know, they're born with the same amount of uh, hope and joy and uh, uh, potential as every other little kid. And that, you know, we, we are, we're human. And I think that's the thing that people often forget. We are human beings, and uh, and we're just a group of working class folks that are trying to go to work every day, raise our kids, and uh, get to church when we can. And uh, and also too, you know, I, I know people have said they feel really connected to the characters, and they feel like they're really rooting for them and care about them. And even though they may be fictitious, my hope is that if you care about Kugi, if you care about Brandon, if you care about Emmett, if you care about Kevin, um, that maybe when you hear a story on the news about some young black boy being shot and killed in the street, it will no longer just be background noise right. but you'll wonder what his nickname was you'll wonder what he had for breakfast that morning um you'll wonder what his dreams were uh and i think that's the mission is to get people to care about our lives we appreciate you for joining us lena wave lena special man mm -hmm. and she's about you. to be in a steven spielberg movie so you know what that means <laughs> whenever steven spielberg puts a black woman in their movies oprah Whoopi, mm -hmm. they go to a new level a new level True. that's where lena's about to go okay. look and i'm gonna keep coming back man whenever y'all hit me whenever y'all hit me i'm gonna come back please do well I we appreciate, appreciate you for joining us it's the breakfast club good morning the breakfast club Everybody is DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, uh, let's get to the rumors. There's a Donald Trump update. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is.
The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, there was reports that Donald Trump uh, talked about DACA and he called certain nations ishole countries, including certain nations in Africa as well as Haiti. He did not want to accept people from there. And El Salvador. And El Salvador. Now he is backtracking. What he tweeted out is... The so-called bipartisan DACA deal presented yesterday to myself and a group of Republican senators and congressmen was a big step backwards. Wall was not properly funded. Chain and lottery were made worse, and USA would be forced to take large numbers of people from high-crime countries, which are doing badly. I want a merit-based system of immigration and people who will help help take our country to the next level. I want safety and security for our people. I want to stop the massive inflow of drugs. I want to fund our military, not do a damn defund because of the Democrats not being interested in life and safety. DACA has now taken a big step backwards. The Dems will threaten shutdown, but what they are really doing is shutting down our military at a time we need it most. Get smart. Make America great again. So that is Donald Trump's explanation. And he, and he said he didn't call it an asshole, but he said he, he said he... He used very strong language, but he said he did not use right. the word ishole. Don't try to backtrack now, buddy. He was in the uh-huh. Oval Office attended by several members of Congress. Stop it. He must already be feeling lightheaded. So he's trying to backtrack before that Haitian whammy hits fully, okay? Not to mention today is the H.A. anniversary of the earthquake that devastated Haiti. So those Haitian ancestors, those Haitian spirits are working overtime. There you go. I'm telling you... Don't worry. Them, all, them old <laughs> men in them straw hats and them fishnet shirts, boy. You think it's the LeBron James oh, pregame powder ritual, but nope. Nope, uh, nope Hopefully nope. it happens quickly. Oh, oh, he feeling lightheaded right now, I'm telling you. <laughs> he ain't get up yet. He ain't, somebody tweeted that for him. He ain't get up yet. Mm. Now, Swiss Beats went on Instagram to tell everybody to go and get your colonoscopy. He was getting his, and that is because of a promise that he made to Jay Icepick Jackson after uh, Icepick passed away after a bout with cancer. Now, he had promised him that he would go and make sure he got checked out and take care of his health. His health. Now, Swiss uh, said on Instagram, your health is your wealth. I want to start off 2018 by keeping the promise I made to my brother, the late, great Jay Icepick Jackson. Before he passed, he urged that we all spread the word about how important our health is. As men, we always think we're invincible. If that was the case, a great man and many other great men would still be on this earth. Today, I did a colonoscopy, which many men refuse to do until it's too late. It only took two days for the entire process, and thank God I'm okay. That's real. I'm confused about when to go get one, though, because they say they go get one at 50, but then somebody else told me to go get one much earlier. So when do you go Go get it. My doctor said 50, but he did say there's certain checks that you can you can test to make sure. How old is Swiss now? Like 39, 40? Swiss probably like 40, 41. Nah. All right. Well, he went and got his. So what he's trying to say is he wants to prevent other people from going through what Ice Pick went through. Absolutely. Many men aren't doing these until it's too late. So why not? Unless you have history. If you have history, if if your family has history of. If you feel anything that feels a little off, too, just make sure you check it out. Sometimes people will be like, oh, I just have this pain here. I'll just deal with it. Yeah, rest in peace to my guy, Combat Jack. And, you know, guys sound so stupid. Ice pick, too. And ice pick, too. Guys sound so stupid when they're like, oh, no, I ain't going to get no prostate exam. I ain't letting no doctor stick their finger in my butt. Whatever. You you say you'd rather die? All right. And I just want to give a shout out to (laughs) Dapper. I'm serious. I'm serious about that. You'd rather die than get a finger in your butt? And I want to give a shout out to Dapper Dan. They're going to be opening a Gucci store up in Harlem. Now, he posted a sign of the times. For the first time in history, a major luxury brand store has opened in Harlem, Gucci by Dapper Dan Harlem. With made-to-order garments for your taste and in your specific measurements, I will create your design from your mind or come up with a design for you. So that's huge. After they ripped off his style for so long, now they are actually collaborating with him. Yeah, what was wrong with your co-host, man? (laughs) 
I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. What's wrong with your co-host? Why, why, why you just ignore what he just said? Just I didn't now. pay attention. <laughs> I'm focused. We in it. Why you? Why, why you, Envy? Why? What did All he right. say? All right. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's do something for Haiti, man. We're going to start the mix off with some Haitian music. That's right. Drop on a clues bomb for the Haitian massive damn it. Got some compa. Let's play some compa revolt. We'll see you guys on Monday, everybody else. Let's get to this mix. And uh, Donnell Rollins will be joining us in a little bit, too. Of course, he's going to be in New York and Caroline's all weekend, so we're going to kick it with Donnell. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.